This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Twelve three on a Sunday afternoon. What are you doing? Well, I know what we're doing. We're, we're sitting here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, my name is Cameron Smith. Across from me, the redoubtable... Matt Stedman. How are you, Cam? Um, we get a, Actually, this is an interesting Sunday because we're getting a view that we normally don't get of people streaming out of the performance space uh, after Einstein and Gogo and Dr. Shane's excellent conversation hour. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of those great culminations of the April amnesty. Yes, we should actually mention, let's get that housekeeping... Out of the way Go first on. up. So April Go and get the broom out. Until well, you've got one more day, I think. Yeah. To subscribe. April is uh, disappearing. It's in the the rear vision mirror of our lives, more or less, as we uh, as we see it recede over there. So if you uh, if you're a, a keen listener to Triple R, even a casual listener, and you're not a subscriber, mm-hmm. April is a good opportunity. Give a chance just to sign up, and you might win a few prizes. But you can read about that online. Goodness, self interest, mm. part of the community spirit. And uh, also part of a very erudite, shall we say, oh, just passionate and uh, and fabulous presenters, such as Einstein Agogo, who was uh, just before utilising our incredible performance space and uh, making a mighty good fist of it, I'd say. Yes, I would agree. Mm. Uh, looking forward as we look through the windshield of uh, the radio show <laughs> that's coming on. Mangle those metaphors? Well, why not? You know, yeah. here's one, here's another one. Have, you, make it work. have you got the high beams on? Uh, no, but I've got uh, the engine revving because okay. it's going to be a high revving, high octane show, <laughs> Matt. Uh, <laughs> what we have got for you today is... Uh, is uh, well, not quite sixty minutes, uh, mm. fifty six at the moment, and counting mm-hmm. of uh, food and food views, and uh, a master. What, what's the, um, uh, the, the 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 big subject for today? As we uh, mm. have in the green room, we're very very happy to have him because it's been a couple footy seasons since it we've has. seen him. It has. Yes. As I look around and go off mic and Matt, yes. Matt slaps me. Ow! <laughs> Please don't do that. We have Feisty Bakash. <laughs> Otherwise known as Michael Bakash. Michael Bakash. The, uh, shall we say, one of the, possibly the greatest, um, um, chef of le poisson of fish in and, this fair uh, city. And seafood in the city. Yes. yes. So he obviously celebrated is the far and wide. Chef and, uh, owner of the eponymous restaurant, Bakash, down there in South Yarra. Ooh, eponymous. Eponymous. Let's <laughs> drop that in there. And eponymous. it's still open despite the fact that the road's blocked at one end. Oh, yeah. I might yeah. have to ask him about that. How exciting is yeah. that? Are you going to, is he going to get a, I wonder if he's going to get like a Bakash's down at the, uh, the subway station when it finally opens. Oh yes, you do fish and chips down there. Yeah, yeah we kind of end up. He's giving me the dirty <laughs> looks already. I'm I'm turning away. Uh, but no, but I'd really like to talk to uh, Michael because, um, uh, well, you nailed your colours to the mast. Because how often do you cook fish? Very rarely. Why? Well, the reasons are multitude. But let's face it. So fish, for a start, if, you know, if you buy a whole fish, which everyone recommends is the best way to, to, to buy and cook it, right. I don't know how to scale it. I don't really know how to prep it. It's a very easy protein to get wrong. You it's, can overcook, you can Shall undercook. we say it is the most delicate of proteins? Yes. And there was once actually, I made a, an effort once in my life a few years ago to, to try and find some sustainably sourced seafood. And so I downloaded the little app that... Um, the government authority has, and could I find any of mm. the sustainable fish anywhere? I went to the you know all the usual market fish outlets. Didn't get some flathead. No, well, isn't that supposed much. to be sustainable? I don't know. So I found silver it, whiting. I found it very challenging to you know calamari. Not just buy the salmon the way everyone else does. Right, mm. right. Anyway, well, we're going to talk to him about all that sort of stuff, and yes. I brought in uh, what I think is one of the greatest um, cookbooks on fish. I would agree, it's an amazing book. Uh, it is, of course, the Australian Fish and Seafood Cookbook. Oh yeah, Michael's going. Yeah, 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 you know that saucepan, Huckstep, Swan, and Lodges. I love this. It's on the. Bottom. It's almost like an academic tone, isn't it? Yes, it is. Have you read your saucepan? Yes. I've got my saucepan. Uh, anyway, so fish is uh, what we're going to be talking about. I went and saw John previously, had yes. a bit of a chat to him. How you doing? We got a little bit political, which was kind of good. Yes. Market development. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Market's and 140 years old this year. Um, apparently, they're celebrating it today. Right. Although John said actually it was last month. Yeah, right. But anyway. It's like the Queen's like, birthday sort of vibe. I guess just that's sort it of it. And in the news this week, of course, because of the Lord Mayoral candidacy, one of the Lord Mayor candidates wants to dig up all the bodies and 
That's Roy send, Morgan. Send them back to the... Yes, Roy it was. Morgan. Roy Morgan. There's, there's thousands of them under there. The, yes. the Melbourne's... If you didn't know that, Melbourne's first cemetery... Is under the car park. Is under the bloody car park. Mm. The ignominity. Yes. Of it all. Yes. And, and that's been dug up. And then they said they're going to do DNA. Anyway. And they're so, going to yeah, send the bones back in the post or something. But I'm sure you yeah, talk about that. That's, I can't, that's the bit I can't quite work out. It's like, this belongs to so you, so Cynthia Rogers. You arrive home after a hard day's work. You have one of those little parcel cards. Oh. You know, we, sorry, we missed you. Or oh, you've got mail. So, I didn't order anything online this no. week. And you go to the post office and there's the bones of your ancestors. Yeah, hello. Yeah. What are we going to do with that? <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to talk to John. Sure. Yes, all right, we're going to do that. Uh, also, uh, Phil Kelly of Kelly Brook Cider, mm-hmm. um, they've got a cider festival. You might have heard it with the uh, the ads that have been on the sponsorship announcement. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that have been on the, the air. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 30 years. But right. Phil's going to come in and talk about cider. I want to know the difference between cider and scrumpy. Yes. Um, and... Uh, there's, it's sort of tied in with a bit of a folk festival, so we'll hear a bit about how that sort of started. And also beware a lot of the cider you get at the mass liquor outlets, because a lot of that is just syrup with water. Pus. <laughs> it is pus. <laughs> Good cider is, um, it can be quite expensive. You need to you need to spend a bit of money to, to get a, a, a bottle of proper cider. Yes. Anyway, we'll talk about the uh, the good, bad, and the ugly side. Yes, it's the fuglies. Um, <laughs> and um, before we do that and mm. launch into the show, I wanted to do a uh, WTIYM or What's That, that in Your mouth? mouth? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Um, yes, acronym and then unison. Oh, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Uh, this is the thing where we celebrate uh, great culinary moments in our lives during the week. <laughs> it's, it's moderately <laughs> indulgent, but bear with us. Totally. Unison. Mm. Totally. Have you got one? Uh, not this week. I think you did have one. You did something that was... No, he's going, no, no we didn't no. talk about this, Cam. No, we didn't. Let's just jump to no your one. No Jedi mind tricks here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you told me about that, didn't you? Oh, that's right, I did too. Oh. I ate it uh, upstairs at Florentino, <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, what's that in your mouth? Um, I did a stir-fry from scratch. Yes. Got some prawns. Uh, the only criteria that we had when we were cooking it together was mm. the fact that it needed to have chili. Really? Okay. That's quite a... It's a good start. It is a good start. Good start. Uh, but this thing kind of worked, and mm-hmm. it was just one of those things, and uh, I guess I just want to do it as a, a flavour composite, I think. Well done. There go the scientists. Big uh, ups to you guys. Um, but here's, uh, here's just a flavour profile that just seemed to come together. Mm. So prawns with garlic, with ginger, with chilli. Yep. Sort of, you know, it's a holy trinity of doing stuff. Yep. And you're, and in, the, you're in the wok, I assume. I'm in the wok. Yep. I'm going, geez, it's hot in here. I really should get out. I'm burning. <laughs> um, but no, the garlic and the ginger were sort of fried in the oil first. Yep. Then removed so that it flavoured the oil. Yep. Um, and then what I did was um, I stuck it, got the heat kind of hot. Um, prawns. Mm. That's the sound effect. It yep. made. And, and prawns no. cook quickly, of course, so you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't Time dilly-gally. is of the essence. Yes. Time is of the essence. You can't <laughs> filly fally uh, when you're doing this sort of thing now. Uh, so they're moving around, and I'm yep. going, oh my God, I've got to keep moving, keep yep. moving. Focus, focus, I said to myself. Um, and then I threw in some snow peas, spring onions cut into like, um, how long is Little that? Little battens? They're battens, so that yeah. you actually, it's not like... Sort of matchstick length. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. I like that. A lot of millennials wouldn't know what a matchstick is. Really? I don't know. Mm. I'm just extrapolating. Uh, but yeah, that size, if you have a reference to that. Um, but the thing that really, really made it, I think, mm. as well as um, a little bit of... Sesame oil and a little bit of uh, soy, mm-hmm. Japanese, uh, was lime zest. Lime zest? Yeah, which just gave these treble notes and lifted it up and then a little bit of... And um, I think you said you had a little bit of coriander in there at the end too. At yeah. the end. Chopped just, coriander. Just, just so chucked, you've t- chucked on top. you've taken a bit of a turn towards Thailand just towards the end there. Yeah, it's a weird. Not yeah. confusion, I hope. But it worked. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's... Yeah, it was, it was just kind of nice. And you'd buy your, uh, your prawns green, of course. You wouldn't buy the... Never buy cooked prawns. No. Never. No. No, Matt. Why would I do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to control it and I want to control the amount of salt. Sometimes you get cooked prawns and they're oh, salted yeah. dogs. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of nice. A little bit of gailan, uh, mm. Chinese broccoli, oyster mm. sauce, jasmine rice. Dinner is served. No worries. I, I was just saying, I don't have a what's that in your mouth, but I do have a uh, what's that 
in front of your eyeballs. What's that in front of my eyeballs? Yes, what? Doesn't quite the same ring, does it? Yeah, yeah. No, we're just talking about a couple of TV shows that we liked. Oh, yeah. And I'm probably very last on the train here, but if you are a Netflix subscriber, um, check out Ugly Delicious by David Chang. David so he Chang. of the famed Mumafuku restaurants. Um, has Lucky done Peach Publications. Yes. Um, he's done a really excellent series, so he takes about an hour each episode looking at uh, specific types of food. So there's one on pizza, there's one on home cooking. Um, it's really well worth a watch. And you watch this one on uh, why on earth would you boil a crawfish? Yeah, I love the fact and he gets very angry with the traditional Southern Americans going, why do you get this 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 crustacean and boil it? You know this is not the best way. And the analogy was, if you had a steak, would you... Would you boil it? Would you boil it? Of course you wouldn't. No, of course no. you wouldn't. That's stupid. So it's it's fun watching him get frustrated at these traditionalists who just don't don't they just say, well, this is the way we do it. Okay, question, hand yeah. up, looking at you. Mm. How do you cook if you're not going to boil it? How do you do it? Uh, you could grill it, right? Yeah. Cut it in half. Cut it in half. Whack it on the fry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So char grilled, no water, because that just leaches out all the flavour anyway. Well, yeah, it? adding very rarely do you add water to stuff to or, make it more flavourful. But the but the good folks down there in Louisiana. Yes. I can see it now. They say we boil in a court bouillon with all these great flavours, and all the flavours go into the crawfish. Yes. They don't talk about all the flavours coming out of the crawfish. No, they do not. David Chang, see what you think. Check it out. 14 timers of the essence and it just flees. Um, Matt's going to do some uh, jiggery-pokery with the uh, desk and we're going to get in Michael Bakash. Michael Bakash, what a pleasure it is to see you as you uh, turn your phone off. I have turned my phone off. I turned it off before I walked in. Yeah, because you're getting in trouble checking. with Matt. Yeah. Just checking. You didn't like that sort of stuff. Oh, well, better to check the second time than to just mm. relax and think it was okay and then have a phone call. How does the uh, the world of Domain Road go now that it has a dead end? It's quiet. It's quiet down here in Domain Gulch. Yeah, it is. It's quiet. <laughs> um I think now that everybody's gotten over the fact that it's closed at one end, it's sort <laughs> They've of... They've worked it out finally. Oh, yeah, we can get in through Park yeah, Street, for Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. It, it's actually a really nice little haven now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when it first happened, we were panicking because it sort of dried up completely and everywhere on the press, everybody was saying, Domain Road's closed. It's the end. Keep away from Domain Road. Oh, no, really? Yeah, that's, that's, what, the, that's what they were saying on Good the news on. and everything. Stay out. And it was, it Stay was away. terrible. Yes. Um, but it's easier to park, and we've only got 70 or 100, fe- 100 seats to fill. So there's thankfully we've um, lost access from St Kilda Road, mm. but there's still two and a half million people that live on the other side of <laughs> oh, yeah, that's St right. Kilda Road. The, the enlightened and you, and, side. And you've only got to get, you know, 200 people in your restaurant a day or whatever, whatever it is. So we're, we're, we're fine. People, we've bounced back, and we're doing really well. You know, we've just heard from Matt at the, the intro of the show that he fish frightened him. Mm. He's frightened of fish. Yes, I frighten fish. <laughs> I and you frighten a lot of people. <laughs> you do. That's why we call you feisty. Yep. Uh, you frighten a lot of fishmongers. Uh, some you've been known to chase down the street, waving your fist at them, saying, how dare you uh, give me such dross and terrible things. Yes. Passion. Uh, yeah, do you still do that? I, I don't have you chase chased people anyone? Down, I don't I haven't chased anybody down the street. I've yeah. made made a few quite a few um outbursts. Yeah, phone calls, <laughs> aggressive not necessarily <laughs> aggressive, but you know, I think the thing is is that you know, you'd think after a period of time people would know what your standards are. And of and course the people that own the businesses do know what my standards are, but they've all got staff and the staff have all got things going on in their lives and It'll give you those dodgy flounders. Dodgy flounders. Well, it's not necessarily dodgy flounders. I mean, one of the things that people don't understand about fish is that it's it's wild. Sometimes you can't get out there and catch it. Yes. So you can only buy what's available to be sold. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's one of the harsh realities of of a wild product. And it's been... you know, it's been supplemented by by farm caught fish, uh, farmed mm, fish. Farmed fish. Um, it's, it's not the same. What's yeah, what, What's your opinion now of, of farm fish? Of farm salmon. Do you have farm salmon on the menu? Yeah, we do. You do. It's incredibly reliable. We yes. do, we use it for carpaccios. We do it for. Carpaccio, yeah, right. Um, 
you know, it's, we use it to line the nori, the garfish and prawn nori rolls. We we, we use the it for... The famous garfish and nori. Yeah. So, They're still so, doing those, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, still, still pin-boning the... You can't... can't no, the, what, this is crazy filleting technique that you do with those garfish. Yeah. What do you do again? You you take the... Well, we take the backbone out of the garfish from the top. And yeah, we're leaving, leaving the rest of the fish completely intact. So, realistically, you... Oh, jeez. It's one of those things I don't have proper use of the English language, so I can't explain to you what I do, but it's magic. But it's but I'm it, fantastic. Oh at my it. god, it's uh, it's uh, it's one of those go to dishes if when uh, people come to Bakash's in Domain Road I've been approached the road. by the AFL to sit on the back of a flat truck at half time on the grand final filleting a garfish. <laughs> that, that's how amazing it is. Really? No. Oh good. I was gonna that because that just seems completely ridiculous. Flatbed. <laughs> do I have a table at least to do yeah. it on top of? Um, but Matt, at, at the beginning uh, mm. of the show, uh, professed um, um, a reluctance and uh, the sustainable a, a, fish thing. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. A reluctance to 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 even engage with mm. this most delicate of proteins, and the just the whole thing of what do I do? Are we, Matt, you've well, got to get. I think you need to be shown, right? So if I was just to go and buy a nice piece of flounder from a from a um, fishmonger, yeah. I'd almost guarantee to take it home and get it wrong. I think you'd need someone to actually show you the ways of preparing. You need Michael Bakash on your shoulder being you need, helpful. You need Renter Michael is what you need. <laughs> I, I think the thing is with cooking fish that... It, if you're careful to to not do some things, mm. then there's a whole lot of stuff that even if you get it wrong, it's going to be nice. Do you know what I mean? So, so you don't want to overcook it. And if you've bought fresh fish and you don't overcook it, there's there's very it's little that fine. can go wrong. Yeah. So, so it's almost like there's a, there's this whole list of things that you can do wrong but you only have to worry about a couple of them and it's still and it's still great it's still good because raw fish is fantastic yeah the, the glass is half full so Mad. that's that's the thing and, and the other thing like i heard you were talking about sustainable fish and i think this is one of the biggest wanks in am i allowed to say that in food at the moment oh, that's Every, right, we're live. everybody's talking about um you know, we only serve sustainable fish. Sustainable line caught fish is another sort of thing, isn't it? Good, good, good fish. If the fish is good, it's sustainable. It. I mean, I just that. That's just what all you mean. There is it sustains it. the diner, or it's sustainable. I'm being silly. If, Sorry. If, if fish is in really good condition, yeah, it cannot possibly have been caught in an unsustainable fishing method. If fish is oh, okay. good, yeah. if fish is good, it can't be caught in a deep sea net hauled up with two and a half other tons of fish and being flattened five, five, and five days out to sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so if you. a piece of fish is good, mm. it's probably been caught by a small fisherman, it's probably been caught close to Melbourne or close to Sydney or close to a, a co-op, mm. and it's probably caught in a small amount by a fisherman who looks after it and, and, you know, with all the marine parks and all that sort of stuff that's going on, it's probably caught in an incredibly sustainable method so if you're buying good fish it's going to be a sustainable product full stop full stop new sentence what do you think about the closure of port phillip bay we haven't had a chance i was wanting to talk to you about that it it hurts what are are your thoughts about that that's been a while now it's been a year it's been a while there's still sardines coming out of Port Phillip Bay and there's still a couple oh. of fishermen still working in Port Phillip Bay. But the idea was that they closed off the majority of commercial fishing within the, the bay. Is the, that the correct? Way, the way it worked is that you could hand in your licence and get a certain amount of money for it. Yes. I don't, I don't know the exact figures, but the longer you kept the licence, the, the less, less money, money you, you got, got for it. So I think it was over a period of two years and if you kept your licence for the whole two years, I think you got... It's, it's it's either nothing or it, it was proportionate. Like you get a hundred percent of your buyout, yes. your buyout straight away, yeah. and then the longer you keep it, the less you get. I'm sure you still got some. I hope you still get something at the end of the two years. And you get to a cutoff point where it's like all over Red Rover, all, all over Red Rover. So is this because some say that this is because of um, uh, to to acquiesce to uh, recreational to recreational fishing? fishing. Yeah. The okay, just that's what it was, and that's kind of a 
that seems to me a sad thing because we talk about, you know, food miles and, you know, all that notion of, you know, the narrative and it just comes from really, really close and we've lost a whole resource a from a, a birthright and from a, a back door, or, you know, on a, the doorstep of, of the city to be able to get really, really great Calamari, sustainable. Yep. Calamari, whiting, garfish, flathead. Flathead. All sorts of stuff, snapper. Mm. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's not that's that's a ban on netting. Yes. It's not necessarily a ban on um, commercial fishing in general. It's a ban on netting. Gotcha. I think long lining is a different thing, and I'm not sure how long that stays or how long it doesn't stay. Mm. It, it. I should I should know this definitely, but I'm not sure okay. that long lining is included in that. Never mind. But let's let's just look over across the the desk at, at Matt Stedman. You're listening to Eat It on Three Triple R FM, by the way. It's twelve twenty four. We're talking to the king of seafood. Oh, He's on a flatbed truck at a grand final. Filleting garfish. up there because Ailey is playing. He's filleting garfish. It's a beautiful thing for Australia. Uh, but uh, but Matt Stedman, Cameron Smith. Um, actually, no, Michael Bakash. Regarding Matt Stedman across right. at the the desk, he's frightened of fish. What should he? What should he cook? What should be if you want to just start cooking fish? What What's a good thing to just do? That's easy. That's sort of not foolproof, but you will learn from. One of the things that we used to do when, we, when I still cooked fish at home was purely to melt butter in a pan with a little bit of oil. Right. As it started to foam, yes. we would put lightly floured rock flathead fillets in it, skin side down. When the, when the skin had coloured or started to started to brown, you simply turn the fillet over yes. and turn the flame off and cover it. You're smiling. Matt's <laughs> smiling. Cam wants me to rush home and do this tonight. I think yeah. I think yeah. fillets I'm probably comfortable with, as yeah. most people would be. Okay. It's not dissimilar to cooking another form of protein. And it's great. It's flathead fillets are really, really easy, especially seeing when we move from to the flathead tails, which is quite a while ago, which actually allowed flathead prices to but, skyrocket, but that's another story. Yeah. But it's, it's, the, the the thing that the thing that people don't really get, and it's just science, mm. is that Fish, fish. When you cook it, it cooks at about eight. Let's just say eighty degrees. I mean, all these chefs that go on about sixty-seven point three or blah. blah, blah <laughs> are, are these the one with the tweezers, mate? Yeah, just just forget it. It's somewhere around eighty degrees. 80 Do you know degrees. what I mean? Fahrenheit, uh, Celsius. I'm just saying, just checking. Yeah, I know I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so eighty degrees, something something like that. So if you've so got if a you... boiling pot of water, it's cooler than that. That's sort of that, to that, give you a reference right. point. Yeah. Um, now the thing is, is that if you put if you cook your fish and you put it in the oven and your oven's on two hundred, if the fish get if the inside of the fish gets mm. to two hundred, it's all over. It's all over. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that the fish doesn't stay in the oven or stay in the cooking utensil for so long, or that the cooking utensil is on such high a heat that the fish that the that the majority of the fish doesn't get to above eighty degrees, mm. and it's and it's that, and it's kind of that simple. So you can seal the outside of it as high as you can, because then you then you lock everything in. Yeah, but then you take the heat away almost completely and just let the outside heat transfer in, and it just it really all it does is it changes it from from opaque or or, or, or translucent, translucent sorry and translucent yes. to opaque, and it's yeah. done. It's 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 that simple. You just got to stop. Worrying. You don't don't let it don't get worry. so hot. Uh, okay, so and it's also one of those things that you know when you put it in the oven, yep. and you see it, and you know you get those little white flecks. It's sort of the fat coming out. Yeah, it's the protein. That's when you know it's all over. All it's, over it's red pro- rover. It's probably too far. Too far. Too far. So you should not have oven beef for burn. No. No. You should look at this. This is the most delicate protein. We said it. No, you, you, you can't. You can have the oven really, really hot, but take the fish out yeah. before the inside of it gets to the same temperature as the oven. You use Done. the heat of the oven 
to lock everything in. So normal size fill, that would be like three, four minutes, not long, five uh, minutes. Well, you know how big is a piece of steak. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, yeah. See, this is the thing. I knew that. That old chestnut came out. How big is a fillet? It should change it to how big is a fillet of fish, shouldn't they? Yes. So, I mean, they <laughs> should be talking about in string factories, they should be saying blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, blah. How big and is that fillet of fish? One string guy says to the other string guy, how big yeah. is a fillet of fish? That's it. Now, one of the things that we have noticed, or oh, I've noticed has happened, is that we have discovered fish skin because mm. I remember years and years ago the first thing you did when you had a fillet of fish take off that skin throw it in the bin away you go but just like pork crackling is just one of the most beautiful things in the world if you eat pork of course if you're a vegetarian you'd go well, I'm not quite sure about that but yeah but fish skin is a brilliant find it thing. very hard to get excited about fish skin oh you do yeah very hard even when it's all nice and salty and crispy and yum, i mean yum, yum. I've, I've loved fish skin all my life so just mm. because everybody now thinks it's trendy i don't understand it it's oh. like we should have been eating it forever oh, do, okay. know, do, yeah. do you know do, i mean I this is this is the thing i'm trying to say i mean it's all of, all of a sudden like some groovy person has decided to take the skin off to salt it to grill it and to do this and to do that and blah 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 they're a magician yeah we should have been eating it all the time. Okay. But we are now. We are. That's, good. Good. That's going to be a good thing. Yeah. That's going to be a good thing. Um, it is 12.29. Unfortunately, Matt's doing a bit of a wind-up, but I just want to ask a question. You're saying it's a movable feast, and the whole thing is almost when you come into work on the Monday – tomorrow uh mm-hmm. you, you really don't know what you can get you can ask w- what you want but depending on what's out there that's that's right what is good at the moment is there stuff i've fallen that's... in love with silver whiting and i know it sounds really daggy so they're the little tiny whitings oh my god yeah some say they're full of bones and should be avoided well not if you fill it them yeah using great technique incredible incredible <laughs> technique um I mean, this is the this is the thing. I'm I'm 57 years of age, and I've been filleting fish in a restaurant for 30 years. A and people, of 40 come, seasons. people, yeah, people come to the restaurant to work in the kitchen. There I am oh, no. filleting fish, and it's almost like it falls off the bone. And yeah. it's like I'm I'm not boasting. It would be really weird if after 30 years I couldn't do that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not I'm not saying how amazing I am. I'm saying wouldn't it be stupid if I couldn't do it? Yeah. So filleting a silver whiting and doing it quickly for a 70-seat restaurant is not a problem for me. Mm. But silver whiting's just and, – and you know what? Just almost get a heavy pan if you want to do this at home. Get a heavy pan, mm-hmm. put, it on the, put it in the pan skin side down, turn the pan off, turn it over. It's that thin. It's cooked. It's just, it's just delicious. Divine. What do you eat it with? Well, at the moment, we're just put, scattering it on the plate with some um, balsamic capers and some really good olive oil and chucking a few herbs over it and putting a lemon wedge. It looks really... It's just... It's almost it. too simple. Yeah, but that, that's yeah, it, isn't it? And maybe that's one of the things that as you get older and you learn, it's like learning when to leave things alone and just go, here's a great, here's a great piece of protein. <laughs> it's hard to leave things alone when you're young, isn't it? That's what, that's what my mother told me. Yes. All right, okay. Boys talk. Boys talk. 12.31. Um, what a delight it is to see it. Michael, thank you for coming in. Thanks what, for What are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, going home. We've yes. Essendon's playing Melbourne. I think I'll avoid that. My footy team's not doing very well. I've got a son doing HSC, and we're going to help him with his homework. Oh, yeah. What um, subject? I was doing maths, chemistry, general, mm. further, Ooh. literature, Ooh. English, okay. all the subjects that I couldn't do when I was at school. What are you eating tonight? Uh, we don't know yet. We haven't made that made up our mind. It might, be, it might be local Chinese, or we might just chuck a chicken on the barbie. Hey, that sounds good. Well, again, pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Look forward to seeing you again soon. I'm going to change my dial tone for when you call so that I get a special little tingle. Okay. Nice. 12.32. You're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. My name's Cam Smith. Across from me, I have... Matt Stem. Only time for a quick track, and then we're going to go to market after this Cameron Smith. Let's do it. Right now. How do you do this? I don't know, John. The sun's shining on us. It and just it just happens. Well, come on, step into it. Yeah. Hey. It's, it's been overcast until now, and I yeah. just said to Sammy, I've taken my jumper off, might have to put it back on, but Cameron comes out the lounge, listen, the sun comes out, hey, mate. I don't know. Maybe it's... I don't know. I've, Stay. Well, it's probably going to go soon too. Sort of the nature of our existence, the highs and the lows, 
Um, there are highs and lows. We'll talk about that in a minute. All right. Well, um, the first thing to do is to acknowledge the fact that it is Sunday. Um, it's, a, it's a funny old day. It's a funny old unsettled day. It's Melbourne. In, a, in an unsettled autumn, I have to say, in this sort of weird, warmish... Oh, this Indian summer that just keeps going on and yeah, on. Yeah, I think we're going to have an autumn like that. It's going to be up and down, you mm. know, every four or five days. It'll be a little bit different, but that's the spice of life, so yeah. we'll take it as it comes. Keeps us uh, keeps us on our toes, I suppose we could say. Um, there's supposed to be a birthday celebration happening today, 140 years uh, this year, maybe we can say, to be diplomatic, yes. um, of the market coming into being. Yeah, Yes, 140 years. Um, I think the actual day was a month ago, but it doesn't matter. I'm told it's a year-long celebration. A year-long celebration. We like to extend it. a street party out there. I haven't been out there yet. When I was coming in, I saw that there was an animal farm going up and there's normal food. There's a, there's a um, woman on stilts over oh, there. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they yeah. put some planter boxes up yes, around the corner. Yes. And I hear the Brazilian girls are supposed to be out there. I don't know about if that's true or not. The Brazilian but, girls. Yeah, they had some Brazilian dancers in there oh, a okay, month ago. Yes, yes. So apparently they're coming back. Yeah. Um, hang on for a minute. Do you need anything, Rand? Yeah. We so, we go. We got. We got. We got an audience of one. Yeah. Well, Rand, Rand from Rand's Cafe. He's uh, out having a break. I can yeah. see. He's all happy, happy. Yeah. Go, out, go out and tell me what's out there, Ren, so we can tell everyone. Yeah, good. Um, oh, Cafe Ren. <laughs> yeah. Renzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, nice. We um, got rid of him. Well. Yes. Um, <laughs> We'll have to go out and have a look later okay, and, so there's and stuff see what's going in on. there. But also the other thing I noticed is the uh, Peruvian band is, uh, you know, the pan flutes on the... Are they back, are they? No, they're, they're, they're not there today. They're not there. kind of weird. But anyway, let's... Okay, so happy birthday, Queen Victoria Market. The future has been debated as to what we do with it, and it's all still it's up still in up the air. It's still up in the air. Yeah, um, it's still up in the air. You know, I don't have much faith in these people coming in. We'll see, we'll see. Oh, yeah, if okay. they come through and look at the market... And then really analyse and do the right thing for the people of Melbourne. We'll be very, very happy because it's still our market. The Queen gave the land to the people of Melbourne for that purpose. And I hope that it'll go for another 100 years. They've really tried to kill the market so they can have it their way. But if we're smart and lucky, we'll get the right people into council and into management, get it back on track and have a beautiful market again. Do the right thing for the people of Melbourne. Okay, well, that's an interesting way to probably put it, I, I think, and I, I agree think with I'm you. pretty sure no, of it, because like I said, it's our market. It's not the council's, not any government, it's our market. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's uh, a political statement, I suppose, isn't it? It's the nature of power and wanting to change and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Produce, <laughs> we look out uh, as I try to change the subject, I guess. We're still in that transition. You've still got yeah. the sultanas, you've still got the grapes, which is that, oh, that gatepost of sort of going through to, yes, to yes. winter. When that's finally done, yes. I know it's like, oh, yeah, okay, we've, yeah. we've moved into it. See, my, my customers have been complaining because I had no more muscatel. I had a, a black grape, which is similar. Uh, two black grapes, actually. One was called an American black and the other one black yeah. beauty. Yeah, yeah, you know those. But I got lucky to pick up some muscatels and... Um, People that buy a little bunch were buying a kilo because they know they weren't going to get any more. No, so they'll go home and have a little bit of a feast with those. So, yeah, that's a good sign of transition. Mm. Um, another sign is that all the Persimmons are out there. Um, you've got custard apples and... Oh, um, yeah, $8 a kilo. They're yeah, good-looking ones across yeah. the way and, and what was the other one? Pomegranates. Pomegranate, chestnuts. Yeah, chestnuts and coming in. And yeah. the capsicums are another sign of change. Our local produce from Mildura has finished. Yes. And now we're starting with a new season, capsicums from Queensland, which is good because they come down uh, very quickly by big trucks and they're very fresh. I have a question. Yes. Are they as sweet and as full of sugar as the end-of-year Victorian ones, or end-of-season Victorian ones are? Uh, they're not as sweet at all like the Victorian varieties because uh. the Victorian varieties, most of them grow are a little bit thinner walled and softer skin, yeah. but much sweeter. And we get those from South Australia and Victoria. Mm. And then the Queensland, and, and they're not as round as such. Sometimes they can be a little bit... Um, elongated. Elongated yeah. and not round um, like a round ball like some of them are. The yeah. Queensland varieties are a little bit rounder, probably a little bit better to stuff, but they have a harder skin, higher acid. But when they're very, very red, they're all sugar as well, so you can't complain about that. Question. 
What's your favourite thing to do with capsicum if there is one? Are you one of the, you know, we can, we can have yeah, a salad leave yeah. it raw or is it to concentrate that flavour and put it into the oven or blister it on the stove? Well, I hate raw capsicum. Yeah. I, I can't handle it. I don't like the flavour. Yeah. My family, they eat them like apples when they're raw. <laughs> okay. Um, Sometimes, because I'm getting a little bit older, a roasted or grilled capsicum can give me a little bit of trouble, so I don't eat too many. But my Trouble in the alimentari. Yes, yes, okay. in the stomach. In the but stomach. my downfall is that I love them stuffed, either fried or baked. So what are you we, putting them? We make the aioli and stuffing with the big uh, panko breadcrumbs. Yeah. Like I've told you before, we make... Um, bit, of, bit of fusion cuisine. Yeah, so. anchovies... Crushed walnuts, sultanas, sultanas garlic, yeah, parsley, parsley, the oil from the anchovies. Yeah. Um, I remember it. I you can put a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, yes. stuff them in a capsicum. Yeah. You get the bread crumb, the bread crust that you have discarded, mm. um, that you would probably grind into a finer bread crumb later. Stuff that into the end of the capsicum so the filling doesn't come out. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, ooh, and you know, there's a tip, folks. Because Franca tells me I'm too fat and I shouldn't have too much fried food, she bakes them, not as much oil. Uh, and then, you know, the skin blisters up and you can either eat the skin or pull it off. I pull it off so it doesn't give me any trouble. Mm. And I'm a sucker for them. And I was blessed. I had some um, really bright yellow, not the lighter yellow, bright yellow capsicums. Um, they were long like a banana pepper and I took them home and Franca stuffed them and I were to die for. The flesh was just so sweet mm. and the skin came off all in one piece and they, they weren't huge. They were like a, a little sausage in, in diameter mm. and they were glorious. So that's my favourite way of doing capsicums. Here's another way, folks, if you, you might think of that. You know, once uh, John's pulled all the things out of the oven and they're soft and beautiful, you can puree that. You can whack it in a stick oh, yeah. blender or... A processor or whatever you've got and you can maybe add just a little bit of olive oil a little bit of salt it doesn't need anything else because it's that flavor and you put that as a pure it's a little bit 80s i guess um, but you put that as just a sauce underneath some fried fish and yeah. fish and that capsicum flavor just yeah that's nice yeah it is well i yeah. like to drown a steak with it too so oh, okay. you know, that works as well normally put it underneath but you know i'm old school i drown everything on top? Yeah, on top. Oh, the French would go, nappé. Yeah. Nappé, man. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, so there's something to think about. Um, Capsicum-wise, um, I love a butternut pumpkin. I love pumpkin, uh, and that's an Aussie thing to do because in a lot of uh, countries it's only, like, good enough for stock food. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I've told you before, when my grandmother came out in the 80s, um, you know, she lives in a, 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 a village. Well, it's not a village. It's a big town because... The prince had a fortification there with a big tower. But she had a, um, a house in the town, and you went down into the valley, and up the other side there was a creek in the middle, and her farm was there. Now, she had uh, cows and a pig and things like that. And she come and looked at the stall, and she said, What's that? I said, Pumpkin, Grandma. Pumpkin? We feed pumpkin to the pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we had a big roast up that week, and she had a show. Oh, this is not bad. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, you're not wrong, mate. That, that's all they used to do. But in Europe, they grow the uh, Zucca Geneva, which is a big watery pumpkin, so yeah. it's a little bit different. But she actually took some seeds back home because you can take things overseas and planted them and grew them and ate them and fed them to the pig as well, and everyone was happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, those right? pumpkins are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Well, you know, but it, with the, with the varieties of pumpkins, to me, it's all about the water content, isn't yeah, it? It's definitely. Like, See, the Japanese, if it's green, it can be watery. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah watery as. Yeah, I mean, but good for people that you know the choppers aren't all that great, and it's good to do that. What's but th- let me just put to you, the king of the pumpkin is the butternut, as Definitely. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, a lot of people like putting a little bit of nutmeg on, nutmeg on top. What's she saying? <laughs> nutmeg. <laughs> nutmeg. Uh, I went out for dinner last night, so hey, no oh, sleep. Okay. No it's, sleep. Um, all, but also, it's very good because a lot of the women uh, and guys say so they have trouble cutting a lot of the other pumpkins. So with a butternut, it's easy. You put it on a bench yep. and you slice it. Instead of slicing it down the middle, you slice it... Um, the ends. The ends. Yeah. And you, you do it every, say, two or three centimetres, yeah. and then you just run a potato peeler around it, and you've got a beautiful big chunk, which either you cook that whole in the oven, or you chop it up and go from there. Easy way of peeling pumpkin. Dare I say, one of the few vegetables of any sort 
where you can boil it up, puree it, and it just stands on its own, just as a soup. Definitely. The you colour know, the colour and the texture is unbelievable. The sweetness and all that sort of stuff. And I know I've said this to you a few times, but if you want to go really, really jazzy, you get like some, well, if you've got some, some really lovely uh, a crab, some crab meat. You put some crab meat mixed with, um, I don't know, a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of chilli, a little bit of coriander, um, just a little blob of that in the middle. And a little bit of those fried shallots that I you get from the shop. That. It's great. It's just a, it's just this, okay, pumpkin soup, and then you have this spoonful of, mm, and then with your spoon you might drag a oh, little bit of the crab in the pumpkin. Good. It's good. Brett from Happy Tuna sold me some crabs um, a few weeks ago. They were uh, a little bit bigger than a blue swimmer crab, but they had a more whitish shell, mm. and they had a lot more meat in them, apparently, than a blue swimmer crab has. Mm. Uh, so I must try that when what we get the next. What I can't remember Spanner. the name. Might have been. Span- to me, a spanner is, if you want just the crab meat, you're like, you're not going to go crazy about the claws because they're not really that good. But white. This one white had a bigger flesh. claw too. Uh, maybe it's a spanner. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't oh. matter. Um, oh, jeez. We've just been raving on about stuff. I better get the pick of the market from you and uh, I need to get to the studio. Yeah. You had a mandarin yet? I had. Uh, I didn't enjoy it, but yeah. I, I got unlucky and picked the wrong one because someone gave me a little bit of one of theirs yesterday and it was beautiful. So I think now's the time to start to get on top. Yeah. Uh, and talking about citrus, there's an abundance of oranges out there as well. Yeah. Um, so I've got to take some home, I'm told. Um, my yeah. pick today, even though the broccoli doesn't look beautiful, it's been eating really, really well. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I don't like it when it's big and open and that. But the flavour's been good, so I can't always be right. And cauliflowers, again, I got lucky. Franca did them in a batter and fried them for me. She loves me sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's why she had to bake the capsicum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had so. fried stuff. Yeah, I had my fried stuff. <laughs> okay. um, peas, still very scarce, 15 a kilo. Beans, yeah. you can buy anything beans from $3 to $8, $8, $9. Depends if you want machine-picked or hand-picked. Yeah. Um, our local tomatoes still going dime a dozen from $2.50 to five fifty a kilo. Mm. And then we got the heirlooms, $10 a kilo. we got baby cherry truss at 12 a kilo. They're, they're glorious. People have been baking them with the truss on, drizzle olive oil, and stick them beside a rice. They are magic. Gourmet. Gourmet, mate. Gourmet, mate. It's, it's good to be trendy sometimes. Yeah, you know, that's kind of fun. And it is great to throw those things just blister them in the oven. A little bit of salt on top and, oh, awesome. It just changes the uh, look of your meal, the flavour of your meal, and it gives you something to talk about as well, because that happens at home when we do something different. There's always... (laughs) Yeah, 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 like that. Um, And also, and from a cooking point of view, it brings out those sugars too, doesn't it? It does, it does. And and getting back to those capsicums, the young lady's got her arm full of them there. Um, She's probably... Yeah, she's probably going to go home and grill them as well, so... Um, get into those, and they've got beetroots as well. The beetroots has been special. A lot of people are still making juice with the beet and a little bit of the leaves. A lot of people have been boiling them up and making the best salads and even baked beetroots. We've got the smaller beetroots to do baked beetroots. So, you know, again, as I say, everything's out there. Come, have a look, ditch the recipe books, come in, have a look, see what tickles your fancy on the day, pick the eyes out of the market, go home, cook up a storm, and live a long life like we're all going to, I hope. What can I possibly add to that, John? Not much. Except happy birthday, Queen Victoria Market for the year. Yeah, we'll get out there and enjoy it. Okay, we'll see you, mate. Thank you, bye. Rattle the papers just to see like I look like I'm doing. You're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. Uh, Phil Kelly is uh, is across from me. Welcome back, mate. How you doing? Oh, I'm really well. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me in today. Uh, look, it is always a, a pleasure. It's this autumnal pleasure because uh, your visit usually coincides with a great festival down there at Kellybrook Cider, as we were saying before, in the wee dell. <laughs> in the dell, that's right. In the dell. It's this beautiful, it's in this sort of little valley sort of area. Uh, dominated by great vineyards and a fabulous oak tree where people dance around madly while consuming <laughs> this beautiful substance which comes from trees and also, as you were telling me before, from a verb. Ah, yes, that's right. It comes from the verb. It's, it's, the product is, or the drink is called scrumpy. Scrumpy. Derived, derived from the verb to scrump, which yes. is to pick up apples that have 
fallen on the ground and then you make your cider from that. That's that's traditional scrumpy. And you were saying the best ones are sort of the ones you say they're sort of half brown on, on one side. So the breaking down procedure has already happened. So can we say that the yeasts and things are already active in there, which allows for a speedy fermentation? Absolutely, that's the case. The The stuff that we're using um, is actually clean fruit. We don't use too much in the way of windfalls, but the this is our... Uh, our version, if you like, of, of the traditional uh, English style of scrumpy, which is most certainly made from fruit that's got, you know, part, part I guess you'd say partly rotted in a way, but it's it's and, very safe and sound. And sometimes pilfered. <laughs> and sometimes pilfered. Pilfered, well. been taken. Uh, it gets, it, it's very, it's hot property. You yes. never know who's going to grab your apple. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> hey, leave my apples alone. Um, and you, you were saying that uh, scrumpy, uh, to quote ELO, is, uh, is a living thing. It's very much a living thing. God, that's an old reference. That's a good, I love that reference. Oh, I was listening to ELO the other day. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, the, yes, so Scrumpy is, as I say, it's our interpretation, um, a, a far more palatable version, if you like, of Scrumpy in the sense that it's, um, it's a fermenting apple juice. So we squeezed, the, we squeezed the apples just the other day and uh, the juice was then allowed to commence fermentation. Do you squeeze apples? Yeah. Do you squeeze them? You put them through a press, do you? I should... I should I should state also, crush first, then squeeze. Ah. Yeah, so we you have to crush them up into a bit of a pulp first. And how do you crush them? You stick them through rollers or something? Or they go through a um, a press. A, 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 like a it's like a, it's a dicer. It's a it basically it's a um, gosh how do you? It's the KTEL dicermatic <laughs> on a big scale. <laughs> it's a it's that's the vitamizer of. Don't uh, lose your children in it, <laughs> okay. or, your, or your hand. So yeah. the <laughs> so the um, the pulp gets pressed off in a in a. Um, in a like just like a a wine press yep. um, situation, yep. and then juice. As I say, we we just seed it with with a good uh, robust yeast, and away it goes, and it ferments happily. And so on the weekend, on five and six next week, um, it will be perfect and ready to consume at about halfway through the fermentation. So you're actually drinking a living ferment. And uh, as I was saying to you earlier, Cam, the um, It'll start at about 4.5% at around you know, 11 o'clock in the daytime. And by the time the, the day's out, it'll be up around 5. And if really? you leave it long enough, it'll, it'll make its way to 7. And then does it peak and consume all the, the available sugars and then stop? It has to, doesn't it? That's what it does, yeah. It'll, yeah, yeah, it'll right. end up dry. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're drinking a little bit sweet, which makes it a little bit yummy. And, uh, and, and and less alcoholic. It's but bloody yummy. It really is. Because I remember I came up uh, two years ago on a, on a glorious day yeah. underneath the oak tree and yeah. uh, the uh, the quarry mountain rats. <laughs> dead, dead rats, yeah. The quarry mountain dead rats uh, were working themselves into a fabulous <laughs> trance. Um, it's just the best day. And I guess one of the things that I really, really loved about it is the crowd that you seem to attract. Lots of families, people in uh, very good spirits. Smiles. Lots of smiles, no, yeah. No angst. There was there was not one angsty person I saw on that. And if you're an angsty person, you're listening, please don't come. But um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was. It was such a great family, beautiful, beautiful vibe about the thing. It's been going now for 30 years. Uh, this is our 30th anniversary, so we're really excited about that. And lots and lots of, um, lots of kids have grown up going with their parents, and they're now coming with their kids if you can get your head around that so there's a there's an enormous uh, shift taking place and we're thrilled we've got our own kids involved now and and the guys that are working with us at Kellybrook have got their kids there and, and one of my buddies uh, Dougie and Lisa they've got their kids are going to be working there this time because they're all around about 18 a yeah. big, bigger day to you both if you're listening yeah yeah well that's right we can't wait to have them and it's a, it's very much a family affair and, a, and everyone's involved you were given this as a project as a as a young hey, as a young tacker <laughs> yeah what, how did it start a marketing project and i had to do a i just had to come up with something um for this project and i and my father got in my ear and said hey this is a, this is an idea to have a go at yeah and uh, i thought why not and uh-huh. um and there yeah the rest is history so 30 years on and and it's uh, the big wheel has turned. When did the Morris dancers first appear? <laughs> day one. They, really? They've been there since day one, and they will be there until, well, until uh, the end of time. There's something kind of freaky about Morris dancers. Nice, a- anachronistic and tradition, but <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they're, they're a great source of entertainment and, yeah, so um, nice, nice and, put. and a nice, a nice amount of passion and enthusiasm too. So a lot of sound and, and colour, and they, you know, the, the, the festival's made up of a whole bunch of different things. Lots of kids' activities as well. But with the Morris dancers there, there's lots to watch and, and see and do. And lots of food, of course, and everything else. And then we've got our main stage, which is where the bands are playing up under the big oak tree, mm. and that's where the crowds like to kind of eventually get to and uh, and see all the bands sort of play throughout the course of the day and uh, and you know it's an it's a pretty nice environment up under that big tree watching all the all the acts and and people just find that little spot and park themselves for the afternoon how old is that tree again uh it's about it's got to be getting close to 150 now god yeah it's it's just a a, a magnificent thing and uh, one of the things we did mention at the top of the show actually matt mentioned the fact is that Cider is such a there's such extremes about with cider. Cider can be just this horrible syrupy sugar water with a lick of alcohol, or it can be quite glorious. Oh, that's so true. There's an enormous span from um, from what you've described out through mm. to to the more traditional, if you like, styles that have got much more colour, much more flavour, and depth of flavour. A lot of the modern styles of Australian cider that are made using um, you know good fruit. Are uh, a crisp, clean. If you were to use an uh, maybe an analogy of, you know, it's a Sav Blanqui kind of style of cider. A lot of it, yeah. Um, and then, but we sort of, you know, we work a bit in that space. But then we move. We try to encourage people across to the more um, to a graves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is another form of Sav Blanc. If you if you're wondering, uh, Sav Blanc in say the New Zealand style is like Passiona water, yeah. or a graves is really really dry and quite an interesting drink. Yeah, and you've got a whole bunch of textures and other things that are coming into play. Uh, yeah, and Cider is um, it goes right across to a far more full-bodied, full-flavoured thing, and we use some really cool traditional cider apples to make some ciders that we'll be showing people on the weekend as well. Really, and they can buy stuff, take it away. Absolutely, they can, and we've re- released a special one. We've got a little, tiny little nursery orchard that has about oh, twelve yeah. trees, yeah. and uh, we've made a cider called the Forgotten Orchard, which is basically <laughs> all of our nineteen sixty plantings of um, of the English cider apples. What which are so name some of those names? Uh, Kingston Black, Bulmers Norman, Improved Foxwelp. Um, oh, the fox whelp. Fox whelp, as um, yes. as uh, Rowan Atkinson would probably put it, and um, yes. and oh, a bunch of others. So there's there's just so much flavour and texture and tannin in these things. So we use use those in some of these special ciders. Twenty four seconds left. What's the best match with food? Um, cheese. Che- oh, cheese. Butter? But oh, you know, curry's a ripper. If you have curry with cider, you'll uh, you'll go a very long way. Because yeah. there's a little bit of sweetness in it, so able to handle the chilli. Correct, and there's not a lot of acid. Yeah, yeah, it works a treat. Really good. Yeah. And we've got we've got a bit of curry there on the weekend too, so you can have a, a crack at the match anyway. Matt Steadman, you've got homework. Yes. Cook fish. Yes. Have cider. Have cider. With curry. With curry. <laughs> it sounds like excellent homework. One o'clock uh, as the clock keeps ticking. Um, there's a great afternoon coming to you, folks. You wouldn't want to go away. Um, Phil Kelly, thank you so much. Um, Cider Festival is on 5th and 6th. 5th and 6th, yeah. Does it cost anything to get in? 20 bucks to get in. Kids are free. 11 till 5, both days. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it is a ripper. And as I said, it's a, it's a really, really great family day with RSA. Yeah. Out in Wonga Park. Out in Wonga Park. Um, thanks again for coming in. We're over time. Better get out Oops. of here. Matt yes. Stedman. Whoops. Go. And apologies. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.